Patriots, assemble! We don't mess around. We don't waste time. Over here at His Hard Line. Let's go! from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Welcome to the show. Let's get started. all you ladies and gentlemen out there i am jason your co-host with our sovereign lord and savior christ jesus at our side because he is the host with the most and the most high he is in charge he is at the captain's chair he's at the helm and behind the wheel and therefore he is steering this great ship through these crazy rough waters that we call life so welcome to his hard line today is saturday october 28 2023 and you're listening to episode 624 and we will be doing a reading out of job chapter 23 for the daily disclaimer i want to clarify that i am not a doctor holistic health expert financial advisor pastor priest deacon biblical scholar a bar lawyer and i do not possess any titles of nobility or offer legal advice i do not have a political degree or have had any involvement with any unconstitutional three-letter corrupt agencies like the cia or fbi and while i am a member of the michigan general general assembly i am not the official face or voice of the national state or county assembly I also want to emphasize that I have no affiliation with other groups who try to mimic the lawful assembly, such as the American States Assembly, National Liberty Life Force, Beacon 37, RUSA, and Tactical Civics, or any other organization outside the Michigan model. I'm not involved with any fraudulent status correcting associated with AVR, Bobby Lawrence, and David Strait and Company. Furthermore, I do not endorse or advocate for violence. I'm not a party to any deep state cult, Freemasons, nor am I one of the many reprobative miscreants 
who are actively trying to implode the general general assemblies across this land. Please note that the opinions, thoughts, and statements expressed on this platform are solely my own and for educational purposes, unless otherwise referenced. So there you go to all the Karens and Darrens out there. All right, man, I tell you, that 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 uh, that opener really got me rocking and rolling here, man. I'm really got me pumped up, got me pumped up. I love it. All right. <clears throat> so, again, welcome to His Hardline. I am Jason, your co-host. So, um, where do I want to start off today? So, <clears throat> I think we'll start off here. So, the Dove Awards was last week. And for those of you who don't know what the Dove Awards uh, is, it's basically like, you know, the Oscars or the Grammy Awards, right? Um, uh, Forgive me. I don't really follow entertainment that much. I just happen to hear about it uh, on the message radio station on Sirius XM, um, which is a Christian, of course, Christian radio station. Uh, But the Dove Awards is basically a, a music award ceremony for the Christian genre. Now, that being said, I find it very interesting how you have uh hold on a second. Let me take, uh, let me take, uh, turn something off my computer here. Keep hearing chimes. Don't need that right now. There we go. Um, but yeah, the dove awards, very interesting. Um, so again, it's basically another award show like anything else out there. And just because it is of the Christian genre, don't think for one minute that it is still, uh, it's not, you know, a show, an award ceremony that they still idolize each other and puff each other up. And, oh, thank you for my awards. I mean, look, just because it's Christian music don't doesn't really mean anything. And don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that all the artists in the Christian music industry are bad. Some of them are. Most of them I would like to believe are not. But I'm also not going to be naive to the fact that they there might be some corruption in there. I don't know. Again, I don't know. But let's not forget, it is an industry. It is the music industry still, okay? And they get their music out on the radio. And they sell, they do music videos, okay? They may not have their own channel on public TV, but again, it is an industry. So Derek Webb, who I guess was as part was part of a, he was part of a band back in the nineties. I forgot what it's called. Kate, Kate, Cademan's call or cadence call or something like that. I, I can't again, forgive me. I'm probably botching it. Um, but Derek Webb was at the Dove awards. Okay. Um, and he wore a dress to this Christian music award ceremony. He wore a dress. Okay. Now apparently he's straight. Okay. Let's just go right to the audio piece real quick. Okay. Just, just, I got a couple audio cuts to play real quick. Hold on. Quick video. Maybe I'll just put it up to the camera. Derek Webb explained why he's wearing a dress to the Dev Awards. Why did I wear a dress to the Dev Awards? As a cis, straight, white man, I walk into a room like that and any room with an incredible amount of advantage and privilege. If I'm attending as an ally of friends and colleagues, I should do everything possible to surrender that privilege at the door. If the way you look at my loved ones isn't the way you look at me, I'm not truly standing with them. 
It's like Stan Mitchell says, if you claim to be someone's ally but aren't getting hit by the stones thrown at them, you aren't standing close enough. Plus, I have amazing legs. Amazing legs. Okay. Um, where do I even go with this? Uh, all right. I know where cynical Jason wants to go. I know where sarcastic Jason wants to go, but I'm going to try not to. Okay. Uh, but this is a problem. This is a problem because what you're doing is uh, you're taking the one thing that most people tried to cling on to. All right. As far as having a source of entertainment, that's not corrupted at least entirely like you do in the rap industry and, in the rock and heavy metal industry, right? You're taking a genre that is supposed to be sacred and holy and all about, you know, speaking about Jesus and glorifying God, and you are bringing your sexual immorality and abominations into that space. And that's a freaking problem. And then you're going to sit there. Now, I get where, I get where Derek Webb is going at with this and, and don't, mix my message okay i get where he's coming from to a very small fraction of a degree okay about standing in solidarity with his friends even being a cisgender white privileged male okay whatever all right clearly he seems very passionate about this but let's not let's not mince words here um you could stand up in solidarity with your friends that are part of the LGBT crowd and are, you know, men who like to dress in drag and whatever the hell else they like to do. But standing in solidarity with them and, 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 and standing in support for what they're choosing to do versus joining in with them because you don't want them feeling left out. Those are two totally different things. You, I mean, I, I'm sorry, but that there is no room for that in the Christian community. Well, Jason, that's pretty freaking bigoted of you. Huh? You, you, what are you? You bigoted pig, huh? You closed minded a-hole. No, I'm not actually. I've had a lot of friends in Florida and Wisconsin that, you know, were gay, Look, doesn't mean I support it, but you know what? If somebody comes up to them in the street and tries to pick a fight with them because of their lifestyle and the way they decide they, you know, choose to live their life behind closed doors and they try to get in their face and assault them and possibly, you know, start, you know, hitting or whatever the case may be, you better believe I'm going to be the first one to defend the one that's being assaulted. Okay. But that doesn't mean I support it. Doesn't mean that. I will go to their wedding if they have a gay wedding. Absolutely not. But I will defend their their being, their soul, right? Because it's they still are a human being, a man or a woman, right, with a soul. And I'm going to defend that soul. Now, what they do is not my business, and it's not for me to judge. But I'm also not going to partake in drag queen, you know, dress up, party time, or, you know, engage in any type of immorality. And things that are considered abominable, you know, according to the Bible, just to stand in solidarity with the world, within people in the world? Absolutely not. The Bible is very clear about that. Do not be friends with the world. 
let me play this next audio piece. Uh, the girl that was kind of talking about it. I kind of like her take on it, which is why I, I'm not going to go very, very hard on this and be sarcastic, but I will have a firm stance on this. This is not acceptable. Listen to how she puts it, though. We can try. We have free will, but I guarantee you God's will is always going to prevail. His final will is always going to prevail, and his word doesn't change. The Holy Spirit never contradicts the word of God. So, you know, it's a shame that we have, like, my heart hurts for Derek. My heart does. And he's in a place right now where he probably doesn't even really care if anybody's heart hurts for him because he's so into what he believes is truth that he is going to defend whatever it takes. That's right. You know, if he really loves his friends, like, like we see there, we think, wow, he must really love his friends. Well, if you really love your friends, you're going to care for their soul. When you're living in sexual sin, whether it's that sex outside of marriage, looking at pornography, um, anything, sending photos or simply or somebody as practicing homosexuality. When we're living in that sexual sin and claiming it as our lifestyle and who we are, that becomes a problem with our soul. That's right. Will we go to heaven or hell when we die? If he truly cared for his friends, he would take the word of God seriously. Look at what it says about homosexuality, about um, pornography, like sexuality in general. Okay, when I say pornography, it's under the guise of what, you know, sexual acts and sexual things that are sexual immorality that are against the will of God. He would say, look, my friends aren't walking according to the will of God. I really, really care for their soul. That's me loving them. I'm going to gently lead them that way. You know, friends, it's really sad when we see the decay of society but what should we expect? Yeah. What should we expect? What should we expect? What should we expect? See, I like her take on it. I still feel like she was being a little bit soft on it because here's the thing. At the end of the day, this is still a, this is still a, well, I mean, let's, let's call for what it is. It's, it's still, it's supposed to be still a Christian event, but again, how Christian really is it? Because they're still idolizing each other. They're still putting each other on pedestals and, oh, thank you for my award. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You know, and it's just, it's, 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 it's lunacy. And let's not forget again, it's still an industry, not a ministry. Now with Jason, I look at listening to Christian music, like, like it ministers to me. Okay. I'm, I'm sure you probably do have that perspective and outlook, but again, let's look at the facts for what they are. They are in the business of making money. This music industry, they are in a business of making money. They're not in a business of ministering. They are in a business of making money and they know that there is a market out there for people like you and I who like this type of music because you can't stand hip hop and the discussion of sex, drugs, rock and roll guns, you know, lesbian and, and WAP and this and that, and, you know, Eminem type music, they know that there is a market for this. So they're going to tap into that market and create a product for people like us and try to make a buck. Do not kid yourself. It is an industry, not a ministry. So I just wanted to point that out. It's, it's, it, people can get led, uh, people can get led away very easily if they're not careful, if they're not careful. Okay. Now 
it's evident, kind of shifting gears a little bit here, it's it's very evident from various discussions across the platforms, like, you know, different chat rooms on Telegram, like especially my His Hardline chat room, right? And True Social, and that many people still place their trust in specific podcasts and individuals or even mainstream news sources, dare I say. And I admit, as being part of this group, right, as a podcaster, I am consistently emphasizing the importance of turning to God and instructing you, to anybody who listens to the show, to seek discernment through prayer so you can be able to sift through the information overload that you're continuously being bombarded with, right? Now, in today's informational climate, you know, we're, we're, we're in a very unique time in history here. And finding the truth can be very challenging. It's almost akin to navigating a fog of war in this generational battle. Now, it's important to acknowledge that, you know, no one, not even those who might expect, you know, that we might expect to be infallible, gets it right 100% of the time. In fact, we are all imperfect beings created, obviously, in the image of God. Therefore, our ultimate trust should be in God, the Father in heaven, and the Holy Spirit, as well as his Son, Lord Jesus Christ. Not trust in man. See, recognizing the difficulty in discerning the truth, I encourage paying close attention to hard facts and evidence and publicly available documentation from government websites and dot mil, you know, website resources. And, you know, here's the thing, folks, the global cleanup and the transition to a continuity of government while the people reclaim their states in reassembly is evident. But as mentioned in Donald Trump's inauguration, uh, when he first became president, he said that he will be that they are taking power away from Washington, D.C. and giving it back to you, the people. OK. <clears throat> and to truly understand this shift, one can turn to Article four, Section four of the Constitution, which outlines the establishment of a republic a re, of a Republican form of government in our nation. And unfortunately, very few people truly grasp what that even, you know, what that republic even means in in, in terms of practice. Well, listen, it begins with the reassembly of states, ensuring that we, the people, officially and lawfully govern our nation, doing the people's work rather than a flawed foreign government, D.C., foreign entity. Now, I want to dive into a couple things here that I found on Telegram that I'd like to share. Now, there was a post on DailyMail.com. The article says Fifth Third Bank shutters 19 branches while Citizens Bank closes down seven and PNC Access three this week. Is your local bank on the chopping block? Now, this was an article that was released October 27th, okay, 2023, this year, of course. Now, there was a post underneath it said, of the filings made by the bank, which is headquartered in Cincinnati, eight were for branches in Ohio, four were in Michigan, and two were in Kentucky and North Carolina, respectively. Now, Illinois, Georgia, and Indiana each had one branch, which the bank, uh, which the bank operates over 1,000 branches in 10 states, filed to acts according to a weekly bulletin published Friday by Office of the Comptroller of the Currency, or also known as the OCC. And Citizens Bank filed to shutter seven branches, adding to the six locations that it had applied to close uh, the week prior. And it often 
It also filed to open three branches, two in Florida and one in Boston, Massachusetts. Now, PNC Bank, meanwhile, filed to close three branches, one in Alabama, one in Illinois, and one in Texas. Now, here's the thing. More and more banks are closing down. Why? Well, there's many reasons, but here's the thing. We are going to be witnessing a collapse with this system. And it's the banking, the central banking system and the international bankers that have screwed us over for so long. They're, you know, and when this system finally crashes, they're not going to be able to keep up their money making ability to pay for those giant skyscrapers in some of these big, large cities and all these giant buildings and all these brick and mortar buildings. But you know what I do see that's, uh, you know, that it keeps getting built are credit unions. I keep seeing credit unions being built. And yes, maybe some local state or regional banks, but by and large, I am seeing mostly credit unions, at least in Michigan, being built. So again, you gotta, you gotta pay attention with what's going on out there because, uh, you know, folks, it's going to come a time where the bottom's going to finally eventually drop out and, and you don't want to be caught with your pants down around your ankles, trying to run for the door. Cause all you're going to do is trip and fall and it's going to hurt bad. All right. There's something else I was going to play here. I can't find it, of course. Figures. Um, but anyways, but yeah, you know, get your provisions in order. Get Make sure you have extra food stored, water. Uh, I mean, I, I, I know I sound like a skipping record, a repeating record, but, you know, these things are very important. Now, here's something else that I want to uh, read from Telegram. Uh, again, it's the page that I can't really pronounce the uh, name of. Uh, Tyrone. Uh, Tyrone, I think is what it, what it's called. But anyways, so the post um, goes on to say, Donald the Honeypot Trump. Listen, do not focus on the trial. This is only being used to draw the cabal into the open. They are being forced out from the dark corner so that the general public can identify the opposition. The U.S. military has many ways to do this. That would be like the wall, the discussion of the wall border, right? Impeachment slash arrest, the gold standard, the IQD reinstatement, Hillary Clinton arrest, Barack Obama arrest, John Podesta arrest, the J6 tapes, 9-11 false flags, 2020 election overturn, Russia collusion, etc. Now, all these possibilities are making the cabal do amateur moves, which is why you keep seeing things like mass shootings like we saw in Maine, and they are running out of ways to distract the public from any of the revelations aforementioned above. Now, it's like trying to play a game of whack-a-mole. They do not know what a, what to focus on solely because any of those things would be the end of them. Now, this is why we were warned of those 17 cities to stay away from. That will be the Hail Mary play once the cabal realizes it's over and they have played every hand. Now, what have I told you all? The first domino has not fallen publicly yet. And this is why the FBI raided Mar-a-Lago, because they know that the PEDE Act will basically be the trump card. And they were looking for that red folder. Now, please keep in mind, Dong Jingwei had already provided invaluable info to our Western military authorities. He was given over one terabyte 
which would equal 75 million pages of evidence containing 20 years of the CCP's plans, execution, and current infiltration to destroy the U.S., including creating the SARS COVID-19 bioweapons and all companies and people involved, including HRC, which would be Hillary Rodham Clinton, weapons, trade, money laundering, creating weapons for climate change, evergreen ship, U.S. officials and deep state military, deep state run military bases, D.C., mainstream media, and he is currently in protective custody within one of our major military intel agencies. Now, this involved Obama, Gates, Fauci, CDC, Biden, who, Hillary Rodham Clinton, Merrill Lynch, J.P. Morgan, speaking of bankers, CIA, Rothschilds, Vatican, and the Israeli Khazarian crime syndicate. Now, sources say that over 32 governors and top military brass was called to the Pentagon recently to be briefed on all of this. And it's really game over for all that BS. And we are at a breaking point. Alpha. I don't know why alpha is inserted there, but whatever. As reported by Sarge, everything we need to take down the cabal is in our possession. And the trial is for the public awakening. Do you understand now? That's right, folks. And here's something else. I'm going to play this quick audio piece. Now, again, this is by... um, uh, Oh, gosh, the new Speaker of the House. I can't think of his name now. Johnson. Okay. This is why they're freaking out. Now, there's a little bit more about uh, Mike Johnson, I think is his name, right? Forgive me, because I don't pay attention to these scumbags. don't care to remember their names. There's a lot more to Mike Johnson than people realize, but I'm still going to play this audio. It's about a minute and 17 seconds, and this post um, was from X or Twitter, formerly known as Twitter, right? And the post says why this is why the Democrats and Biden crime family are panicking. Nothing can stop what is coming. Buckle up, Democrats. Nice Tiffany blue shirt. Uh, play this. Panic because it's impossible to cover up the inescapable conclusions of the last few weeks. Let me give you two of them. First, one, the hard evidence, Mr. Goldman and everybody else, now proves that the Biden family is hopelessly corrupt and has apparently engaged in a long pattern of extortion, bribery, influence peddling, and tax fraud, and staggering abuses of power. And number two, we're highlighting here today that we now know that a growing list of the most important executive branch agencies of the Biden administration are in on it. They've also been corrupted. They've been weaponized to help cover all this up, first families' crimes. When we summarize all this stuff, it sounds like a premise of a dystopian novel or something, but it's actually happening right now on our watch. This is not conspiracy theories, this is evidence. Our hearing today is to put a spotlight on one more of these incredible avenues of unprecedented corruption and government cover-up. And here again, a federal court has just affirmed all that hard evidence. It proves that the White House, the Department of Justice, and the FBI, among other agencies, threatened and coerced the social media platforms to censor and suppress disfavored viewpoints and conservatives' social media posts online. Yeah, that's right. Now, there's going to be a little bit more coming out, even on the Speaker of the House here. There's going to be a lot coming out on quite a few people out there and who they really are. But that's a different story for a different day. Uh, Not the conversation we're going to have here today. But this is exactly why, you know, the the Democrats and the Biden crime family syndicate are panicking. Now, again, I personally don't believe, and this is just Jason Jones speaking, that Biden is even really a real entity anymore. I don't believe he's among the living, and all we're seeing is a body double, a.k.a. or also maybe possibly a CGI. We don't know, okay? We don't know because we're not the ones that are seeing him firsthand. But uh, that's my personal belief based off of the information that I have been presented and drawing from my own conclusion. So take that for a grain of salt. All right. 
Now, one last thing that I think is very interesting, kind of completely unrelated before we get into the Bible reading of Job chapter 23. Um, here's something about Matthew chapter six, uh, 17, verse 21. Did you know this? I just caught the Disney company deleting verses from the Christian Bible. It's Matthew 17, 21. Look, these demons are beat by prayer and fasting. But then this Bible, look, it goes from 20 to 22. It skips 21. They removed it. What Bible is this? This is this red Bible, and this is this older black one. The Revised Standard Version. Who makes that? So the NIV also deletes it. Who owns them? Biblica. Who owns them? Hotter. Hotter. Who owns Hotter? Could it be Walt Disney? Holy balls. Yeah. Very interesting. Now, I wish he would have read the verse correctly because what, whatever he did have, it, it said something else because I had to pause it earlier and I read it. But he is right. That's basically what it's saying. But I ended up looking it up. You can't find it in many versions, but a few. Now, this one, what version is this from? I can't even remember now. But this says, again, Matthew 17, chapter 21, or uh, chapter 17, verse 21. But an evil spirit of this kind is only driven out by prayer and fasting. But yet that verse is taken out out of most versions of the Bible. Wonder why. Let me reread it again. But an evil spirit of this kind is only driven out by prayer and fasting. Maybe they don't want people to understand how easy it is. Okay, I don't want to say easy, but they don't want people to understand the mechanisms of how to, you know, how to defeat and rebuke and get rid of demons and evil spirits. They don't want people understanding the power of prayer and the power of fasting. And when the two are combined, what immense power that holds, especially as believers like us. I just find that very interesting and compelling. Wanted to bring it to your attention. Maybe do some research on it. How well do you know your Bible? I mean, I'm not saying I know my Bible really well, but I thought that was very interesting. So let's get into Job chapter 23. I'm again reading out of the 1599 Geneva Bible, Job 23. All right. And we're talking about here how Job affirms uh, that he both knows and fears the power and the sentence of the judge, right? God, and that he is not punished only for his sins. So starting with verse one, but Job answered and said, though my talk be this day in bitterness and my play greater than my groaning, would God yet I know how to find him? I would enter unto his place. I would plead the cause before him and fill my mouth with arguments. I would know the words and he would answer me and would understand what he would say unto me. Would he plead against me with his great power? No, but he would put strength in me. There, there the righteous might reason with him, so I should be delivered forever from my judge. Behold, if I go to the east, he is not there. If I go to the west, yet I cannot perceive him. If to the north where he works, yet I cannot see him, he will hide himself in the south, and I cannot behold him. But he knows my way and tries me, and I shall come forth like gold. My foot hath followed his footsteps. His way have I kept and have not declined. Neither have I departed from the commandment of his lips, and I have esteemed the words of his mouth more than mine appointed food. Yet he is in, my, in one mind, and who can turn him? Ye, he doeth what his mind desires." 
for he perform for he will perform that which is decreed of me and many such things are with him therefore i am troubled at his presence and in considering it i am afraid of him for god has softened my heart and the almighty has troubled me for i am not cut off in darkness but he has hidden the darkness from my face and that is the reading of job chapter 23 verses 1 through 17 so in the words of Job, we find a valuable lesson about our relationship, right, with God the Father, and it's a lesson that speaks to the common experience of our own lives. So Job's yearning to find God amidst his suffering, right? It serves as a poignant uh, reflection of the human experience, and it's a narrative that resonates deeply because it mirrors our own journeys through life's trials and tribulations. Now, when confronted with adversity, we often grapple with the fundamental questions of existence and meaning, much like Job did. And his story symbolizes the universal quest to derive purpose and understanding from pain, a quest that often leads us to ask or, you know, leads us to seek uh, something greater than ourselves. So, like, in the depths of our suffering, right, people like Job turn to spirituality and faith, or, you know, obviously a higher power like God for solace and comfort. Now, the idea of finding God in such moments isn't necessarily about embarking on a physical journey, but rather a spiritual one, right? It's about seeking a connection that transcends the trials of the moment, something that provides hope and strength and a sense of guidance. Now, in the face of life's hardships, we strive to connect with God especially during hardships, more than ever, right? And it seems like that's when people mostly try to reach out to God is when they're dealing with their toughest moments in life. They don't talk to him and maintain a regular conversation with him on a regular daily basis like you should, through thick and thin. But this connection can offer profound reassurance, helping us navigate the tumultuous seas of existence, right? It's a beacon that illuminates the path forward reminding us that there's a face a far a force beyond our suffering something that we can rely on for support and understanding now job's story also underscores the human spirit's remarkable resilience because you know despite enduring the unimaginable suffering that job went through he still clung to his faith right he persisted in his quest to find god no matter what and this resilience is a testament to the enduring capacity of individuals to weather life storms, right? Finding strength in their beliefs and using them as a guiding light when faced with seemingly insurmountable challenges. And Job's fervent desire to plead his case before God and to articulate his arguments resonates deeply with the human longing for justice and understanding in the face of adversity. So when life presents us with challenges, it's intrinsic to our nature to seek meaning and purpose in the midst of our own suffering because we grapple with that profound question of why, you know, is this happening, right? The whys behind our trials, right? Yearning for an explanation or a resolution. And Job's story here, it represents, again, a universal narrative of individuals grappling with life's injustices, trying to comprehend the reasons behind their suffering and seeking a sense of clarity and understanding 
you know, it, it reminds us that the quest for justice and comprehension is an essential part of the human experience. And as we navigate the complexities of our own trials and tribulations, yet Job also recognizes that God's ways are beyond man's comprehension. Amen. And the Almighty is not confined to a specific location, nor is he limited to our own understanding. And he is present in every direction, but his ways are higher than ours. See, the real lesson here is about trust and faith, right? Because Job's unwavering faith in this case, in God, despite his suffering, is an example for all of us. See, Job's commitment to follow God's ways, even when he couldn't understand the reasons behind his trials, is a lesson in resilience and unwavering trust. And we are not always going to be provided the whys and the how comes. And sometimes we will never understand those questions at all, period, right? But our need to figure out the why and the how come when we face tough times is sometimes something that we all do, right? I know I do it. It's because we want to feel like we have some control over what's happening, right? And when we understand why things are hard, you know, when things are hard or why things are hard, it's easier to deal with them and prevail you know, or, or try to prevent similar problems from occurring like that later on. And not only that, plus, you know, we're always looking to find meaning in our, you know, experiences, even the tough ones. You know, this helps us turn suffering into a meaningful story. And when we understand what's going on, it also helps us deal with our feelings as we, you know, and, 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 and then as a result, we grow as people, right? Our character develops into a stronger type of character. And sharing our stories and how it made you know, how we made sense of those hard times can possibly even help others, right? And so the last thing I want to say with this is, you know, our ancestors had to learn from challenges to survive, right? And so it's in our nature to want to understand difficult situations. You know, our urge to understand tough times is all about making sense of life's challenges, finding meaning and growing stronger as we deal with them. So like in life, you know, we may face circumstances that we don't fully comprehend and we may not always find God in the ways that we expect. But like Job, you know, we can trust that he knows our way and that he's with us even in our darkest hours. Now, Job's journey, again, reminds us that the trials can be a refining process, right? Turning us into something better, just like gold is being, you know, purified through fire. And that no matter what challenges we face, if we follow the path of righteousness, keeping faith in God, we can emerge from these trials stronger and more refined. You know, life's trials has a very transformative effect on people, you know, much like how, again, gold is forged and strengthened in the crucible of fire. And when people face adversity, they, you know, often emerge stronger and more resilient. I think we can all agree on that. You know, it shapes our character. It fosters qualities like patience and empathy, humility, right? And these difficult experiences serve as powerful teachers, which impart valuable life lessons and promote personal growth, right? And it kind of makes you really believe that nothing that kills you makes you stronger, right? They also compel individuals to reevaluate their priorities, helping them focus on what truly matters. More importantly, navigating hardships actually increases one's understanding and compassion for others who face similar challenges, right? Because you've walked a mile in their shoes and it gives you the ability to foster a sense of community and support. So like ultimately 
like gold refined in fire, individuals can emerge from life's trials with a stronger sense of self and greater ability to withstand future difficulties. Look, ultimately, we need to remember that God's ways are beyond our own understanding. Like, we already know that. But our faith and trust in him can carry us through the darkest of times. And Job's story teaches us that even in the face of our suffering. Now, I have numerous moments in my life when I faced overwhelming challenges, right? I think we all have, right? And in the midst of those trials, I couldn't even fathom how I would make it through without being left shattered, both emotionally and financially. You know, struggling to piece together the aftermath. Now, there's one memory that I have that stands out that took place in the summer of 2015. My wife and I were working as independent marketing contractors, aiding uh, and working with YMCAs and Snap Fitnesses in expanding their membership base, right? We were a marketing firm. And we had a job that was lined up in Texas after our ongoing marketing project ended in Tennessee. And however, things became uncertain as the YMCA board of directors in Texas couldn't decide on the campaign start date. And so the communication with our boss was a little unclear. So we ended up just taking a couple of weeks off and we visited her mom and dad. And we just kind of took that time and just used it as kind of a, an unexpected vacation. Now, when our boss was continuously not really communicating with us what exactly was going on, you know, to make matters more complex, this period coincided with a time period that was leading up to an impending wedding. And we were facing a looming financial commitment with various vendors and our savings was running thin. You know, when you got zero income and bills are piling up, including car payments, insurance, cell phone bills, et cetera, right? Finances were draining rapidly. And so at that moment, we were clueless. We were clueless about how we were going to overcome that situation. We have no place to live. We got rid of our apartment in Florida. All we have is what's in the back of our pickup truck. We're pretty much traveling sales gypsies at this point, right? Literally did not know what the hell we were going to do. So basically to cut to a long story short, you know, I couldn't foresee what seemed like an insurmountable problem at that time. But what I didn't see was that that problem was, in fact, an unexplored opportunity. See, this unexpected turn of events provided me with the gift of time now. And it allowed me to pursue a long thought, you know, it was a long thought out idea that I've always had in my head and a long-held dream of obtaining my commercial driver's license to become, you know, a, a truck driver. Because I love trucks, as you guys already well know. And that's been something that I've always aspired to do and be as someone who grew up around trucks and who has a dad, a grandfather, and an uncle who are truck drivers. You know, so the journey to obtain my CDL took approximately about five weeks, but it led to a better life for my family that exceeded my wildest expectations. My point is is that we all deal with unexpected troubles and trials and tribulations. And when we're weathering the storm in that moment, it, we, we just have no idea how the heck it's going to end up turning out. And it could be hard to maintain faith when you don't see a way out on the other side. But you got to remember, you have faith and trust in God. He's going to lead you through it. You just have to close your eyes and trust that he's going to lead you without you bumping your face and nose into the walls. Just trust him.
Just shut your mouth, open your ears, and just listen and trust him. So anyway, that's really all I got for you folks today. So we're going to end this in prayer. There is no second half to the show. We don't have a part B. I'm just going to keep it just Bible today. And, and uh, you know, we'll come back here. Let's see, what's today? Saturday. So I'll do maybe a live possibly tomorrow. Maybe tomorrow. I might. We'll see. So I might do a show tomorrow. I'm not sure if it's going to be live or not. Uh, Monday will certainly be a live Tuesday. I'm not doing a show period and no, it's not because we're going trick or treating or celebrating Halloween. I'm taking, we're going out to eat. We're going to shut off all the lights in our house and we're just going to go out to eat at a local mom and pop restaurant with my in-laws. And we're going to try to separate ourselves from the rest of the trick or treating world and the demonic world of Halloween. Don't want anything to do with it. So we're going to go out to eat and we're going to separate ourselves from that. Um, that'll be Tuesday. And then Wednesday, here it is folks, Wednesday at 7 PM. All right. We will be live and we will be having Brock Maddox on the show. He is with the Wisconsin general general assembly, and he is going to be our special guest. He's got a lot to discuss. We have a lot of things to cover, but he's going to be our regular guest because we're, I don't want him trying to figure out how to pack all the information that he wants to put out to you guys in one show and making it like a two and a half hour show. So we're going to, I'm going to have him on periodically. So he doesn't have to feel the need to try to like get everything he knows and what he's come across out in one or two shows. Okay. So that's going to start Wednesday, 7 PM Eastern. That would be 6 PM central time. Brock Maddox with the Wisconsin general general assembly. And, uh, it's going to be a very interesting conversation. I've already kind of talked to him, like I said, for about 45, 50 minutes yesterday and boy, oh boy, the stuff that guy has researched and has found out is just unimaginable, but we're going to get more into that next week. So again, tomorrow, maybe a recording or a show live, not sure yet. Um, but, uh, Monday we'll do a live Tuesday. We'll have nothing. And then Wednesday we will have Brock Maddox on at 7 p.m central or uh, excuse me 7 p.m eastern daylight time 6 p.m central time so there you go folks so all right let's get into the prayer so dear heavenly father in the trials of our lives much like job we find ourselves standing at the crossroads of of uncertainty uh, facing the bitterness of suffering and grappling with questions that seem to have no answers no end in sight And it is in these moments that we turn our hearts and minds to you, seeking solace and understanding. Lord, we also yearn to find you, not just in the moments of joy and ease, but also amidst the darkness of our struggles. And we understand that your presence is not bound by the directions of the compass, but is found within our hearts, ready to guide us through the storms of life. And as we navigate the challenges and adversities that come our way, We ask that you help us to embrace the unwavering faith that Job displayed, trusting in your wisdom and purpose, even when we can't fathom the reasons behind our trials. We ask that you teach us to remember that, like gold being refined in fire, our experiences of hardship can transform us into something stronger, more compassionate and resilient. And may we emerge from life's crucible with a deeper understanding of your ways and a greater capacity to support one another through the trials that we face ourselves. We ask that you grant us the wisdom to recognize the hidden opportunities within our challenges, just as in the midst of uncertainty and you're, you guided, you guide the path of transformation for those who trust in you. 
And we offer this prayer with gratitude for your presence in our lives and for the lessons that we learn in adversity and for the strength to move forward with unwavering faith in your Holy Son's name, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen, ladies and gentlemen. So that is all we have for you today. I hope you all have a fantastic day, a fantastic evening, fantastic weekend and week coming up. And we will see you back here yeah, possibly tomorrow. God bless, ladies and gentlemen.
remember, ladies and gentlemen, we are firm, we are steadfast, and we are uncompromising. The enemy has crossed that line for the last time. It is up to people like you and I to hold that line. They've crossed the line way too many times, and it is time for us to stand up this republic and get after it. We gotta do this for God. We gotta do this for our families. We gotta do this for America, for the voiceless. It's time to get after it, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for joining the show. forget to check out the website www.hisheartline.com and if you want to know more about how to get involved with your assembly go to www.national-assembly.net that's www.national-assembly.net it's time to get active ladies and gentlemen let's go Joining us here at His Heartline. 
see you back here next time. time.